All right, let's get going. So, um, have a guest today, as we usually do. Um, this is a we've been excited about this for a while. We've actually been talking about this for a couple of weeks, um, getting everything scheduled and good to go. The way that it came up was uh, this. <laughs> I think everyone understands and knows what's going on with the town hall situation. It never um, ends. It just doesn't. It doesn't end. It's ongoing right now. You're like, oh, it's going to be over, and then something bad happens. You're like, yeah. okay. People are upset. Everyone's upset. You know, they don't like them. And now it's a it's a battle of the city's been divided into two factions: people who still go to town hall and people who don't go to town hall anymore. So, uh, which is astonishing, but very astonishing. It's it's still it's busy. surprising. We were just down there, and it was still busy. I, I actually knew a girl. I knew a girl that uh, worked at town that works at town hall, and I saw her, and she said, "Oh, so you hate town hall, huh?" And I was like, "I don't hate town hall. I respect you as a as a service industry person. However, yeah, I understand you have to work. I don't support a lot of things that yeah. is run behind the scenes. And I can say that because this place is packed, and I'm sure you're doing fine. Yeah, and no one's wearing a mask. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and no one's wearing masks, yeah. and no one ever did. <laughs> so uh, with everything going on, there's been a couple of lawsuits and a couple of uh, issues with protesters or people that don't agree with uh, what they do or how they conduct business. So in that time, there have obviously been some legal proceedings, and these people, the protesters, have to obtain legal counsel to help them through and help navigate through the muddy waters, I guess, to say the nicest way, is how that can be if you don't have a lot of experience or know-how in the legal in the legal realm. Muddy so, vegan waters. Muddy vegan waters. So uh, we actually came across the attorney that was helping out these protesters. And uh, he's here with us today. His name is Pete Patakos. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on. For sure. Hell the yeah. funny thing about this was I was actually reading the article about, because I was staying up on what's going on, because it's it's concerning for all of us, and I'm reading the article, and it says, uh, represented by their attorney, Peter Patakos. And I'm like, what are the chances that I know multiple Peter Patakos? So, <laughs> Wait, uh, how many do you know? Not many. There are, there are <laughs> many of us out there. That no, I, I was know, like, so. that's a unique name. I yeah. assume that's exactly who I was who who I'm thinking of. So we actually played grade school football together, <laughs> which is how this kind of came up. And then I looked him up on Instagram, and lo and behold, he's an attorney. So it all kind of came together. <laughs> so right. uh, he agreed to come on and kind of talk about some of the things that he does, some returning to the town hall scenario and others just in terms of what he does in general, which most of us don't really have a firm grasp, not that we should, you know, and hopefully we never have to, but, uh, so you're a civil rights attorney. That's right. And, and, you know, I think, uh, I, I say this, hopefully no, hopefully you don't need my services. I say that all the time, even when I post on <laughs> Facebook or anything like that. Mary, uh, Merry Christmas from the Patakos law firm. Here's hoping you don't need us this year. <laughs> But uh, uh, let me just say, first, Joe was a hell of a football player. <laughs> he, he was our he was our quarterback. <laughs> quarterback a, there were some characters on that team too. Uh, um, that was the first year I'd ever played. It was I think we were in eighth grade. Yeah. And uh, my mom had never let me play until until that year. I'd finally gr grown into my body a little bit by eighth grade. <laughs> and uh, boy, it was a real eye opener. Oh um, my god, man! Some of those because I was on the, I was on that team sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And in sixth grade, I mean, for anyone not familiar with the Akron area, there is something in the water where some of the kids from those schools look like they're 30 years old in eighth grade. <laughs> I mean, six foot four, 240 pounds in eighth grade. They're, yeah. they're like larger than my dad. <laughs> One of those guys ended up uh, doing hard time for uh, a string of armed robberies at Mark's. 
uh, one of the guys on our team. Uh, Great he hands, need, though. He, he needed you then. <laughs> Boy, I know. Talk, talk about the law. Great well, hands, though. I wonder Great how passer. he's doing. I, I, I hope he's doing okay. But anyway, yeah. yeah it, thanks again, guys. And you know, to to dive right into this, um, you know, unfortunately, um, <clears throat> not a lot of people understand how the law works uh, for for the precise reason that. A lot of the way it's practiced and sold in this country and packaged is is meant intentionally to mystify it. And part of my practice, uh, I, I part of what I aim with in my practice is to help bring the law out of the ivory tower, mm-hmm. because in a in a better world, in a good world, in a in a good country. Everybody should know what the law is, and the law should make sense, and the law should be intuitive. Uh, it should not be the province of you know professors or geniuses or powerful people. Everybody should understand. It shouldn't be what an elitist thing. It should be a universal. Right. The law. The laws are there to help people live together and live in a productive civilization. Sure. The law should make sense. You know what doesn't make sense is somebody uh, being prosecuted as a felon for uh, protesting with a megaphone at a protest and. <laughs> You know, just to, just to get this yeah, conversation yeah. rolling. No, and it, but that's and that's. I think to the normal person, like like same someone like myself and Brian, like when we read that headline, we're like, okay, I got to read this article because I'm missing something. It's not a felony to protest with a megaphone. In no. fact, I think it's standard to protest with a megaphone. Yeah. So all those people were committing felonies. It's something that we don't understand. And it kind of goes back to the point you were just talking about. Like, the law should work for you, and we're not going to know the ins and outs. But there are aspects, and it's sometimes processes that are, I don't want to say that it's intentionally confusing, but to the outside observer, to someone who is not familiar with the law, it 100% seems like it's intentionally confusing. Well, uh- you know, I, I think that this gets to maybe a fundamental theme of this lawsuit, this town hall litigation, mm-hmm. uh, the the megaphone litigation. And, and you forget, you didn't mention at the beginning, remember, they sued the newspaper first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they sued Cleveland Scene. So yeah. I also represent Cleveland Scene uh, in the lawsuit at town hall. Well, I represented Cleveland Scene. Thankfully, okay. that has been dismissed. Mm-hmm. That has been settled. Um and and we can talk about that. Um, can we I, then? Because now I, I don't want to. I feel like we're starting. Can we go back to the beginning, like how all this started? So if I remember all the details correctly, you're going to know more. So please jump in and, and fill any of the blanks. But there were. This was around COVID time. And uh, speaking from someone who's lived here for a couple of years, Brian as well. We've you've always kind of heard rumors, you know, about some places. Town hall is no different about the way that they treat the wait staff, uh, specifically the female wait staff. Mm-hmm. Um, some of their other associations. Uh, uh, what's his name, George? The, uh, the full name is a. Uh, I just lost. His I was going to say George Costanzo. No, no, Bobby George. That's his name. Bobby George. Bobby George. The owner, sure. Bobby yes, George. Bobby sure. George owns a lot of restaurants and businesses in Cleveland. It's a, it's a pretty big name. Mm-hmm. Several restaurants that you may not even know he owns it, but you've probably been to it. Um, and I was too. I've been to Town Hall a lot when I first moved up here. Um, it's so a cool spot. I it mean, is a cool spot. When you first see there, it's like, oh yeah, like the Kardashians are there, and the the publicity is it's a is it's insane. A, it's a it's a good place. Major Mayfield's there yep. getting bottle service. Exactly. <laughs> not right. the Cheesecake Factory. Is that no, a, not the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> so uh, so when uh, everything kind of happened with COVID, obviously it opened a lot of eyes and. Rules, regulations change, especially in the service and, and in food industry. And one of the things that came up was constantly seeing pictures or stories about 
some restaurants, town hall came up a lot about not wearing masks or, or doing the social distancing or the protocol that they're supposed to be doing and basically just running business as usual. Yeah. Um, this led to a lot of people online and in person at times, as we'll get to eventually, basically protesting some of the things they were doing. Then there was an online, I guess, disagreement or argument between the general manager at town hall and someone who it turned out used to work there. Former employee. Former employee. So what had happened was in this exchange, basically was talk the, the the person, I don't remember exactly what they said, but the response from the general manager, and this is to somebody who was who happened to be a minority, basically said, if you don't like it here, leave the country. Or go, back some, to, go back go back to the you country came you came from. So what it was was a post by a black girl mm-hmm. that said, damn. Imagine risking your life just to eat at town hall. Okay, haha, funny, e- easy likes in a, in a certain culture because yeah, you know, and I think some people are just sort of tired of what that kind of place stands for, at mm-hmm. least in terms of the objectification of women. Hundred percent. And and just sort Which of is one this... of the rumors that we'd actually heard for years is that the women were required to wear a certain amount of makeup like like nothing ever verified but you'd heard those for years and that's where i think the origin of of a lot of the sort of cultural backlash against this place has Mm -hmm. started from where it's just sort of this um this kind of place where the waiters and waitresses are expected to look a certain way or the the weights have and it is mostly women and I, i think that's the sort of thing that really turns off a certain a, a certain cohort yeah. mm-hmm. and and so i think that's where where part of this starts and sort of projecting this lifestyle projecting this uh, uh objectification of women as a as a marketing plan and a, yeah. as an identity for your business yeah. uh, so people don't go to hooters anymore <laughs> right <laughs> right we're, we're, speak we're, for yourself bro we are, trying, <laughs> we are trying to move past that i think as, yeah. as or at least some people are and mm-hmm. a, a, a substantial portion of people are and so that's how it started oh damn imagine risking your life just to eat at town hall and yeah. this was in the wake of the COVID restrictions being relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? So it was May, right? It was getting warmer out. Things it were was opening getting up warmer a little bit. They were starting to open up a little bit. So. And that weekend, of course, you know, as soon as they could open, a couple of places opened, including Town Hall, and people yeah. threw caution to the wind, which, you know what? Hey, kids are kids, right? Mm-hmm. I understand Kid, the impulse. Kids are kids. Yeah. And... Reporters are reporters, too. So you'll have it. People are going to report. People are going to complain on social media. Okay, life's rich pageant. It happens. So, okay, even people will argue on Facebook about it. So what Ryan Hartzell, who is the general manager of Town Hall, has been with Bobby since he opened Town Hall in 2014, I think, 2015, um, was mixing it up in the comments. And what it looked like as that comment circulated around social media and someone posted it on Reddit, what it looked like was that he said, go back to the country you came from to the black girl that made the post. Yeah. But I remember at, that. as it turned out, that was he the, was that. mixing it up with somebody else in the comments yes. mm-hmm. who was a, a former... Uh, former employee of town hall who was a ukrainian immigrant mm-hmm. that was it yes who was a man a young man and so that's the guy he was arguing with but mm-hmm. the way facebook kind of buries comments and you see the yeah, facts were blurred it it was like, yeah he was doing something wrong but not to that person of course right yeah, the right. screenshot looked like it was responding to 
that woman's post. Right. Yeah. So so then the headline became, and everybody's passing this along and on Reddit, oh, hey, look, here's Town Hall's general manager telling a black girl to go back to the country she came from, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's not just bigoted, it's racist. And, mm-hmm. you know, totally. I guess there's different forms of bigotry, right? And yeah. this was one of the things I learned is, and, you know, I... A lawsuit ended up coming out of this, which we'll get to. But one of the things I, I that I learned in this process that I was not not so aware of is that to tell someone to go back to the country they came from actually dates back to the Ku Klux Klan. It is a well-worn uh, racist trope. There is actually a Wikipedia page for go back to the country you came from. Uh, yeah. and, and a lot of this came up when... It's simple racism. It's One well, plus one is two. Well, and they're, they're like, that's one of those so... things I don't think people that that's why it resonates when people hear and see things like that. But I actually don't think the people because you're right. I, I don't think people know how far back that phrase actually goes and what it's associated with. People hear it, understandably, don't like it. But it's funny you bring that up because that is true. Like I, yeah. I found that out a couple months ago when I was just kind of just one of those rabbit holes. And sure. I didn't know that it went all the way back to that. It's it's almost yeah. like. It's almost like racism 101 because of how yeah. far back and what it's connected. That's the merger sure. between, like, yeah. that's why nationalism is kind of like, because people are like, oh, you don't like this country? Get out. It's like, yeah, well, they're free to have an opinion, too. Yes, that's, that's right. That's it's, it, the... At some level, that's a fine line. Yeah, hey, you, yeah. don't like the con- you don't like the country. You don't, you don't like it here or leave. Okay, you know, at some level, that, that has a certain facial appeal, and you can understand it coming from a certain perspective. Yeah. Unfortunately, it happens to be a well-worn racist trope mm-hmm. yeah. and, and comes out of a certain playbook and, and is something that maybe decent people should try to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also you know, it, it, especially especially today. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Especially today. So so leaving all that aside, um, <laughs> or moving past this philosophical debate, um, shortly thereafter, I'm sitting in my office. It's a Thursday afternoon. Um, we uh, my colleague, well, two of my colleagues, uh, but but the other attorney that I work with at my office, named mm-hmm. Rachel Hazelette, and our intern, who's now a one uh, L at Case Law School. We were sitting in the conference room at my office, working on. We we just finished a pretty intense filing, and we're about to go fill the growlers up for a happy hour, and uh, you know, so, socially distance happy hour in the conference room. We don't we don't go to the bar. We just run down to Ray's because I'm on Gent Road across from Summit. Oh, okay, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nowhere right Ray's by Ray's. Is. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty. <laughs> that's right. Uh, the new happy hour. Yeah, used to be a winking. Yeah, right. Growlers. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, the gro- winking lizard. They made it a winking lizard. Ago, so yeah. I'm gonna go fill up the growlers at Ray's. And my phone rings, and it is uh, Vince Gregoric, who is the editor of Scene, good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, back from my blogging days, I, I used to have the Cleveland Frowns blog that I that used to be quite busy back when I was a, a corporate lawyer and uh, needed something. <laughs> I, I guess I. Uh, needed something that didn't make me feel dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I started blogging yeah. until, <laughs> until I started representing, uh, uh, started going on the other side and pushing the rocks back uphill. The virtual <laughs> writer's diary. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, so Vince and I are friends from those old days, and, and we've stayed close over the years. He calls me and says, we just got sued. Bobby George just sued us. Oh, my God. And tells me the story. So... So Bobby sued Cleveland Scene for defamation 
and and the general manager himself was the plaintiff. As it turned out, this whole thing was driven by Bobby. The sure. GM didn't really have anything to do with this, as far as we can tell. And Bobby was driving the settlement and and everything else. So yeah. um, this was a publicity stunt by Bobby, mm-hmm. and 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 <laughs> didn't turn out the way he thought it was going to turn out. But but yeah. the theory of the lawsuit was that because uh, so so Cleveland scene ran a headline that said. Uh, that said, town hall GM tells black woman to go back to the country she came from. Right. Based on the widely circulated Reddit post that everybody mm-hmm. was sharing, because that's what it looked like, and yeah. that's what the screenshot said. Oh, whoops. What's funny is that within about an hour, Vince's wife clued him into the fact that, oh, you know, it turns out that he was actually saying that to this Ukrainian man. Vince fixed the headline. He, he believes that he did it within about an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah. Even in in Town Hall's own complaint, they said it was up for about four hours. So the, they acknowledged that the most it was up was four hours, yeah. and then he changed it. Yeah. yeah, there was a very quick, not retraction, but just correction. correction. Yeah, very yeah. quickly. It was a correction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they did print a retraction at the bottom of the page after yeah. the lawsuit was filed. Like, oh, well, geez. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it didn't realize you were going to sue us over this. Yeah. But yeah. So, so that was the theory of liability was... That they were defamed because he made a, a bigoted comment toward a Ukrainian immigrant and not a black woman. Yeah. And so, therefore, they're damaged by that. Well, <laughs> it's an interesting theory. Yeah. You still I, did something bad. Like, <laughs> I, just I'm, to the wrong person. I'm not this kind of asshole. I'm that kind of asshole. <laughs> yeah. We're fine with black people. Ukrainian people. Yeah. It's the Ukrainian. <laughs> Those are the ones we got to get yeah. out of. <laughs> so. Ridiculous. It's very silly. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, of course I put Vince on speaker and, and we really just start laughing. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You got to let us defend you on this. And uh, this is this is a sanctionable lawsuit. And this is the kind of lawsuit that they should have to pay your attorney's fees. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, within about an hour, you know, we had heard from the owner of the paper, the Zellmans, and they had agreed to retain us. And we'd worked with them before and gotten them some good results in, in legal cases before. And this is... Yeah. Sort of right in our wheelhouse in terms mm-hmm. of the cases we litigate. So that night, uh, we we got busy real fast, and, and Vince wrote up. So we want to be the ones to report on this lawsuit. And what we saw take hold immediately was what is called the Streisand effect. Okay. What, <laughs> Are you what familiar, is that? familiar with the Streisand effect? So this is interesting. Uh, Barbara Streisand, I don't remember when this was, in the 80s or 70s, I suppose. Maybe even the 90s, but um, sued reporters who had somehow gotten photos from a helicopter of her Malibu mansion. And, you know, she didn't like people knowing what her Malibu mansion looked like, so she sued. And it turned out that the attention that the lawsuit got was uh, exponentially more than... Of course. Way worse than what the actual... If had she left it alone, now people are like, now I want to see where she lives. Yeah. (laughs) Probably took more eyes to it. Right. So this Mm -hmm. was a classic Streisand effect. Yeah. Yeah. So, boy, you guys are going to sue the newspaper now because, well, you know, what, what's your end game here? Really, what we think the end game was was Bobby just wanted to bully Scene uh, out of reporting on him. 
Yeah. He was he was frustrated about That's COVID. He was like totally, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I get it. Um, you know, for if you're Bobby George, COVID's you know Bobby's the biggest victim of COVID, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. running running his businesses and you know single guy like liking to be the 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 nightlife impresario at Barley House and Town Hall and whatever. And boy, COVID shuts him down and. You know, hell, boy, it's the worst thing that could happen to him, right? Yeah. So he's frustrated. I get it. I get it. I, I can understand his frustration, but unfortunately, what we've seen in, in this in this litigation and as things have played out is that people the the way that money and power uh, distort someone's influence in the court in the courts, and the fact that they even thought it was okay to file this thing, I think, tells you a lot. So from there, that night. I posted, just went on my law firm's Facebook page, and we posted the story that Cleveland Scene had written up. Yep. <laughs> Town Hall sued over this, over this, uh, you know, because because we told because we erroneously reported for about an hour that a uh, that that they made a bigoted comment toward a black woman and not a Ukrainian man. They sued us over this. Yeah. <laughs> Get a load of these bozos, right? Yeah. Again. <laughs> We're not wrong, okay? <laughs> That's what it comes off as. Yeah, we're still wrong, but we're not. Because, yeah. Yeah. We were being <laughs> shitty to this race. It's not that, this it's race. that bully that you outsmart him, but then he's like, oh, oh really? Huh? Fuck f- you. Filing a lawsuit in Cuyahoga County Court of Common Pleas, it's a big deal. So. Yeah. So we posted that article, and I said, hey, look, I can't believe these bozos filed this lawsuit. And I'm paraphrasing, but here's what my Facebook post was. I can't believe these bozos filed and filed this lawsuit. I'm very proud to represent Vince and Cleveland Scene. Yeah. Um, by the way, since they're claiming that this, this temporarily and minimally inaccurate headline has damaged them, damaged their reputation, we're entitled to discovery on every single piece of information that possibly reflects on their reputation, mm-hmm. which includes Bobby George's reputation, Town Hall's reputation, Barley House's reputation, and Tony George, who mm-hmm. was literally just implicated in the whole First Energy scandal. There were articles about him yeah. over this summer about how he and Larry Householder were, uh, I don't know. I, they were <laughs> in on this thing together at some level. And, and you know, Tony George was a big uh, Householder donor. Even, even getting into that, I'm saying, yeah. w- if they're going to prove that this... Uh, hour to four hour long error on Cleveland Scene's website somehow damaged them. Yeah. We're entitled to all this information. So if you have information reflecting on the reputation of these bozos, please call me. Call the yeah. Tacos Law Firm. Email us. Yeah. And we were getting people calling just us. Bombarding and, you know, yeah. just, Again, it's so many people that just go, yeah, they, they've done a lot of wrong and we see it. We have a lot to complain about, not because we're complainers, but because this is unjust. That's They're right. doing a lot of unjust things. So you, yeah, you kind of alluded to. It. Do you think, and maybe that was like a short-sighted move on their part because it basically opens them up to investigation and other different parts. So, do you think that they ultimately wanted a lawsuit, or do you think they it was just a scare tactic to get them to take everything down and leave them alone going forward? I think they didn't think it through. Yeah, I think they didn't yeah. think it through. They I think that they thought. So. I think that they thought that um, this would just be a bully tactic. Yeah. And that scene would somehow back down on something like this. I just don't think they thought it through. I don't know really what they were thinking, um, but I think that this is someone who's used to getting his way, mm-hmm. used to used to yeah. used to their money um, getting them what they want, and 
Um, you know, I think they got bad legal advice too, but, um, you know, yeah, I, I think they thought that this would be something that would bully scene and keep scene away from writing about them. Yeah. Well, so. I, I think you're right. And I think it's also maybe because maybe when you've had that type of success, obviously you don't have the same type of problems. You don't live in the same type of world that everyone else has. And maybe you don't see things like I, I would be willing to bet that they don't see things the way that. Most people just walking around see things because when like I, I, Brian's made a couple of jokes about it, but it's 100% true. Like that headline's absurd. It's like no, 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 no. We weren't being cheated to this person. Yeah. We we're being cheated to this person. So calm down. Now we're gonna yeah. sue you. Everyone, we're gonna sue you. <laughs> we're gonna sue you because you got wrong. The type of person we yeah. were being shitty to. It sounds like something in a satire comedy. It sounds like a. It's an onion headline. Yeah. You know, and I it, think it that, honestly is. And but people view that and they're just like, do they? Do they know how this is being perceived? And you know what? Maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't care how it is. But it, like you said, I don't. You, like you said, didn't think it through, and it's probably really short-sighted. It was an emotional reaction, like we're going to get our way, and this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, and I think part of it was COVID frustration. I think we okay. all did things. Oh, yeah. I think we all did things at that time, and I think the lawsuit was filed in April of last year. So think about it. Just a month into COVID. All that stuff really sucked. Yeah. You know, it really did. We we all we were all getting used to a new normal. Yeah. I did and things during COVID. I'm, I watched Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, you twice. Shouldn't be, you shouldn't oh twice you shouldn't be proud of that. <laughs> this this is me this is me showing some empathy for Bobby. Yeah. Um well, that's you know, you're, we, you're we all human, we but. all we all did things that maybe we, we were we all we were all pretty frustrated in sure. April of, of twenty twenty. Yeah. And so this is the way Bobby George's frustrations manifested. Okay. It's oh, under yeah. it's understandable at some level. And also, you know, Bobby's not like you and me, and Bobby's got a lot of money, and a lot of this gets to how how very wealthy people act. And COVID how doesn't they, apply they, to him. COVID, right. COVID rules don't apply to him. But also, no, yeah, that, that, apparently, um, certain other rules he thinks don't apply to him too, and. Um, we can talk about that, but there were some auxiliary proceedings as well. I mean, look, the fact that the Cuyahoga County prosecutor ended up indicting these protesters, and, and we've got to get to how the protesters end up tying into this. Which, very, very much, because uh, you've mentioned that a couple of times. I know that's not, a, I know that's not a small thing for this to actually come to fruition. You know, to all this kind of be being, uh, I don't know the 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 actual terms for it, but for it to be like applied and then actually following through with like lawsuits like this. Is and, and maybe you can touch on it, but I want to kind of sprinkle in there too. Switch out the parties in here and just put different people in here. Is this something that even becomes a lawsuit? Yeah, probably not. Who's that's, gonna Who's even gonna file it? Who but, that's who, what I mean. Who but, yeah. who but Bobby George is gonna file this lawsuit? And uh, you know, I think that's that's the answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. I just so. think it's still ridiculous that a grown man goes by Bobby. Oh, Bob, come on! It's Bob and Robert. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging uh, Robert fruit. George, but that's definitely... Don't trust a man with two first names. That's it's all so I'm bad saying. that we're talking about this and we're siding with Bobby George. Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> You're yeah. bullying. I'm, he I'm is the pro young, Bobby. I'm going to defend yeah. Bobby he on that. He is the youngest boy of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> He's going back to corporate law just because of what you just you did. You can call me Petey. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Petey. <laughs> so... So that's what. Yeah. So, so that's really. <laughs> I know it's funny. So that is what kind of happens with this, and eventually this did get tossed out. So the next thing that happened was we ended up hearing from some witnesses. And look, not everybody wants to go on the record on something like this. Understandable. Um, we got a lot of phone calls. We got a lot of emails. Um, there were a couple of ladies 
who went on record with us immediately and were glad to and were very brave and who gave us affidavits about what they had witnessed. Yeah. Uh, working at Barley House and working at Town Hall. And these two affidavits that they gave us were explosive. And explosive in terms of what those what these ladies said about their experience working at these places mm -hmm. was so much worse than anything that was alleged in the lawsuit. Any rumor that you've ever if heard, it, yeah. And, and Seam would have, had, would have had every right to publish these affidavits. Had those affidavits been published, and they, and they may well be one day, I'm not going to say what's in them right now other than yeah. to say that the, the stories that these ladies told... If this got out, it would be so much more damaging yeah. than that accurate that headline, reg yeah. regardless of how accurate. That the whole idea that they were suing over this would just be rendered completely frivolous, completely mm -hmm. insane. And one of the things that they were going to have to prove under Ohio law was that they were actually damaged. Because when a newspaper reports on a matter of public concern, which this was sure. a matter mm -hmm. of public concern, alleged racism by the management of a popular uh, restaurant mm -hmm. in town, that's a matter of public concern. It may not be as important as, you know, the Affordable Care Act or, uh, you know, the stimulus passing mm -hmm. or, you know, stimulus checks, but whatever. People need to know about that. It's a, it's a matter, it's fairly a matter of public concern. Totally. So, yeah. so when you sue a newspaper... Over a matter of public concern, you have to prove actual damage. So that would have been very difficult. It's for like them. Like, rev like revenue loss, or like like what? what yeah, would it be some, something like revenue loss, something like economic damage, or okay. or to even show that my reputation was damaged because of this okay. at a level that was appreciable. But Which is why, like you'd mentioned, these are very hard cases to prove. They're very hard cases. A defamation case is very difficult. Especially yes. like it, like in terms of like say like the revenue stream and just and this is just kind of speaking in general terms, they would have to not only prove that it affected the revenue stream, but also prove that there were no other factors whatsoever that could have affected their revenue yeah. stream, which in the restaurant business, there are 10 different factors every single week that could impact positively or negatively your revenue stream. Yeah. So just kind of like adding to that point like they're i've heard that before that defamation is very very difficult but kind of laying it out like that yeah that that really kind of drives the point home is that not just how difficult it is but again how kind of absurd this whole situation is certainly yeah and someone <laughs> that you would think would have high-powered expensive you know uh uh legal expertise expertise and sure air yeah. quotes at their at their disposal that someone would be able to kind of tell them that and and look i i know the lawyers on the other side actually i went to high school with one of them and i i think part of part of this is also they were influenced by we were talking about the hulk hogan verdict mm -hmm. yeah and we were talking I, well we weren't talking about this but there was also the oberlin college verdict did you see that where the Oberlin the the Gibson's Bakery ended up yeah, getting bakery, a tremendous yes. verdict oh, against yeah. Oberlin College? It was an absurd amount. So of there's yeah. been some very politically tinged um, verdicts lately, and I, I think maybe these lawyers didn't think it through, and they thought they were going to do something along those lines. And heck, they've got a client who's paying them by the hour, and they maybe weren't expecting they weren't expecting scene to come back with such an aggressive defense. Who knows? Yeah. But. Within about a week, we had three affidavits in the can, yeah. and I was 
meeting with opposing counsel, emailing opposing counsel, telling them, you guys, you want these affidavits are more explosive than anything. Just these three affidavits, yeah. let alone the decade of bad press that you all have had yeah. that would show that you couldn't possibly have been damaged by this silly little temporary error. Yeah. And, and they just wouldn't listen. Uh, I sent the affidavits. They... You know, they they trying to tell me, oh, this is false, this is false, the information here is false. I'm like, tell, give me the proof. Yeah. Uh, because you know, like you said before the show about another issue, it's like I, I don't know if if you're gonna oh, tell yeah, me yeah. that this person is lying, give me some information suggesting yeah. as much because yeah. because to my client, they have someone that's telling them seemingly credible information. If you can't convince yeah. them that this person is lying, then they yeah. have every right to publish and, and it. And that's not even like a legal. That's just in general. Like, that's a general person-to-person statement. Oh, they're lying. And it's like, oh, what are they lying about? But they're lying. And it's like, well, give me facts. Like, scene, has, like, yeah, yeah, scene, I, scene does not have the obligation to be the ultimate arbiter of truth. Mm-hmm. They, they just they need to not be reckless about the truth. Yeah. This, these former town hall employees said this. They're allowed mm-hmm. to report that oh, yeah, unless yeah. they're somehow being reckless with the truth. Right. And they, so I asked them for this information. Tell, give me the information proving that these ladies are lying. Actually, it was two ladies and a man. who A man gave us the third affidavit uh, about something that he had witnessed. And, you know, they never came up with that. So within a couple weeks, couple few weeks from there, and then we tried to negotiate the case. Within a couple few weeks from there, we prepared a motion for summary judgment that attached these three affidavits and summarized the last decade of bad press that Bobby George and Town Hall and Barley House and, oh, and even Bobby's father had gotten. Just summarized some of it and said, Throw this case out, court. They can, they cannot possibly prove their damage. This scenes uh, scenes report was also substantially true based on what they knew. There were various arguments that we made to say this lawsuit is silly. Throw it out. Mm-hmm. Now, what ultimately what happened was they were terrified for these affidavits to see the light of day. Yeah. So after we had sent them the summary judgment motion, the next morning we had settled the case. Okay. Or we, or so we thought, and you'll see on Cleveland Scene there's a report that we ended up having to file a motion to enforce the settlement agreement. So that morning, I said to Chris, I, I said to the opposing counsel, his name is Chris. Um, I said, look, we're gonna. File, actually, I sent it to him the night before. So we're gonna file this brief, and we're gonna the, these affidavits are gonna see the light of day. Yeah. And and. You know, you guys might as well just settle this now, save some face. Yeah. This is silly. You guys sued us. You never should have. This isn't our problem. This isn't this isn't our mistake. It's your mistake. You need to own it and, and be done with this. Pay our attorney's fees, dismiss the case. That was the demand. Totally. And we're not agreeing to any any confidentiality. By noon, they had agreed. And no confidentiality, and they agreed. No so. confidentiality. No, and my, my clients are a newspaper. They can't be letting bullies sue them. Into confidentiality. Oh, under, under, yeah, understood. Uh, that that makes complete sense. It's the, the, the confidentiality, because most times when things are settled out of court, the confidentiality, at least for, in, from what I've seen and read about, is almost standard. But in this case, I think you're right. I think those affidavits terrified them so much. It's like we got to stop everything right now. This can't go forward. So agree to whatever they say. At, at that point, yes. So then here's what happened. So then within a couple weeks, they wouldn't perform under the settlement. And they started to pretend that there was no settlement and that there were still terms to agree on. And at this point, it was clear they were trying to delay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, (laughs) this is where it gets really interesting. 
We take a break. Yeah. Let's second. take a break. All right. And we're back. Quick break. Quick break to, to reassess. That's where right. were so, we? I already forgot where we were. Shoot. So, so the, the, the settlement. Settlement, yes. So we had reached a settlement. And this is where it starts getting interesting. Um, Bobby uh, started pretending like there wasn't a settlement. Now, one thing that happened on the morning that we reached the settlement, which I didn't make much of at the time, was that a new lawyer appeared for Bobby that morning in the lawsuit, filed a notice of appearance in the case. And this lawyer is a very prominent criminal defense lawyer in town. Is it it Misney? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) Remember that fucker? Misney doesn't actually... Yeah, he makes him pay. He doesn't go to court. Misney actually doesn't go to court. He doesn't go to court. I forgot. I heard about that. That's right. So so I've heard. So uh, (laughs) I won't name names here. Um, and maybe next time, if you have me on for part two, uh, sure. I will. <laughs> but for now, I won't name names. But this lawyer is a very prominent uh, criminal defense lawyer in town. And we just started laughing. Like, oh, haha, Bobby's panicking. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't you know what to do. You could tell in the field. It just seemed a little bit pathetic. Yeah. And, oh, you know, we had sent him, we had sent him that motion attaching those affidavits the night before. And he, he threw a tantrum, etc. Yeah. You know, oh, haha, he's having his criminal lawyer now show up. <laughs> so, and, and this lawyer does have influence in the courts. Um, his father was a judge. So... You know, okay, haha, very high price, very influential criminal defense lawyer. We didn't think much of it at the time. Yeah. Well, a couple weeks later, Bobby and his lawyers start pretending that we didn't actually have a settlement. They said, oh, well, that we were just starting to talk settlement. We didn't have an agreement. And what the agreement was was that they were going to dismiss the case and pay our attorney's fees. And we weren't going to agree to any confidentiality. Right. Well, it seems like that third part was what they were really worried about because we still had the right to publish those affidavits. Okay. Yeah. So we filed a motion to enforce the settlement agreement, which is very basic and very clear under Ohio law that you don't need to have a signed agreement when you have an oral agreement. And when the lawyers say very clearly to one another, "Here, here is the settlement, here are the terms. And we attached the emails between me and Bobby's lawyer that said, look, and I, I said, his lawyer had emailed me to say, oh, Bobby wants to keep talking about this. I said, no, in all caps, enforceable settlement on all material terms this morning, or we are going to file this. Here are the material terms. Yep. One, two, three, four. One, you dismiss the lawsuit. Two, uh, you pay our attorney's fees. Three, we won't report on these affidavits in reporting on the settlement. We're not going to keep them. We're not going to agree to keep them confidential yeah. because we have to agree. Uh, we have to be able to represent to the public that we're not allowing people to bully yeah. us into not reporting. You, you got to be able to do your job. We got to be able to do our job. This it. is journalism. Yeah. This is why you. Yeah. This is why the First Amendment exists. This uh-huh. is why defamation cases are so hard to bring for mm-hmm. public figures or for matters of public concern. Sure. So. We filed the motion. We asked the judge to enforce the settlement. We thought that it was a no-brainer. We thought that the judge would. Didn't think anything about it. So the judge holds a conference a week before a hearing was set on the motion to enforce. So if you're going to grant a motion to enforce a settlement agreement, the court under Ohio law has to hold a hearing. Okay. Okay, we'll be glad to participate in this hearing, which took place over Zoom. The judge held a hearing to set the ground rules over Zoom. During that hearing... 
the the new lawyer that entered the appearance, the criminal lawyer, showed up in person in the judge's courtroom. Everybody else is on on the phone. Actually, this was telephonic. The yeah. the pre hearing. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. And then the judge says, "Oh, so and so's here." Like, oh, huh, that's weird. But I guess he's in the courtroom a lot. Again, very influential lawyer. Okay. Didn't think much of it again. Fine. Week later, we have the hearing. We make our arguments. We felt very good about our arguments because the correspondence was so clear. That that criminal defense lawyer showed up at the hearing wearing a t-shirt and sunglasses over the top of his head. Everybody else is wearing suits. The judge is in his robe in the courthouse. This guy shows up wearing his poolside attire. And my client's like, is this normal? I said, no, it's not. I'm like, I guess nothing's normal with Zoom and and in COVID. But no, this is pretty weird. And what it looked like, in retrospect, it's really easy to see. What it looked like was this guy was trying to show how much influence he had Mm -hmm. with the judge. And the next day... I call these guys. I, I text them. I text the, the lawyers. And I say, you guys, there's no way you're going to win this motion. You're wrong on the law. Why don't you just settle this and be done with it? Yeah. Um, you know, Maybe we can agree to some other terms that will make this easier for you. And this criminal defense lawyer says, no, you're, you're not going to win that motion. I'm not going to talk settlement with you. I'm sure the judge is going to deny your motion. Yeah. I said, well, that doesn't make any sense. I said, if, if we lose this motion, it won't be because of the law. And it won't be because of the facts. You're thinking of it from a legal standpoint. Like, it makes no sense. It makes that no this sense. Is, right, okay. And, and I said, look, I know you have a lot of influence in this courtroom, Mr. So-and-so. Yeah. But if we lose this motion, it won't be because of the law and it won't be because of the facts. It'll be because of something else. Something inappropriate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. At that point, I start to get nervous. Like, why is this guy so confident? He's putting his client at risk. Yeah. Telling me this judge is going to deny this motion that by all rights we need to win. The law was very clear. The facts were very clear. Mm-hmm. That's when I do a little Google search of the judge's name and the lawyer's name. And that's when I see that this judge happened to represent this lawyer back in 2013 when this judge was found asleep at the wheel, passed Aww. out <laughs> passed out over the wheel of his car Aww. in the Rocky River Reservation between 3 and 4 in the morning. <sighs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's right. Blew th- twice. Blew twice the legal limit. I'm pretty sure I can finish this story for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even there. I don't even know. But I think I see where this is. Oh, oh God. that's terrible. It is terrible. That's just like a lot. Like I, that's a letdown. It's a real that's letdown. Like, that's like like justice doesn't mean anything. Well, and it's kind of it's kind of to your point. You were like, you know, when you're. You're kind of seeing like his the the way that he's kind of acting. You're just like, why is this guy so calm? You're thinking of it again from just the legal. This is the way that the that, that the world works. This way the that the the the, the world of law works. You're like, I don't understand why this guy is he just a terrible attorney or I just don't know something. And then unfortunately, for you in the back of your head, you're like knowing kind of maybe the parties that you're actually dealing with, you're like, there's something I don't know, which is probably what caused you to start Googling things. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, they're buddies and You're like, there's something else here that I am not privy to that unfortunately is going to have an impact on this outcome, whether it should or not, and in this case it shouldn't. It shouldn't, but it did, and I was still disappointed. So, yeah. you know, yeah. at this point, my clients were like, is that even legal? How is that legal? Why is the judge, why hasn't the judge recused himself? And... um Oh, actually, that's a that's a great okay. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but <laughs> right. at that point, how is there even a le- How are they even there are allowed other to judges. be judges? There are plenty of judges. There are in so Kyle many judges and lawyers. That's right. 
There's a lot. Right. 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 So that's that's where this case went from there. Skewed. Yes. So before we could even collect ourselves to say, well, boy, it's a big deal to ask a judge to recuse, especially when they obviously should have but didn't. Yeah. Uh, we'd prefer not to raise this issue with the court. Uh, it's very sensitive. We're working on the research. I could not find a single case, not just in Ohio history, but in U.S. legal history. I, we, we, I have a Lexus account. We have access. We read, I personally read hundreds of decisions. There was not a single case that I could find in U.S. legal history where a judge had required the parties to litigate in front of a criminal lawyer yeah. that had represented the judge in any kind of serious no. legal proceedings. Yeah. No. Well, hey, so, wait, trailblazers, way to go, guys. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's right. And only in Cleveland, right? <laughs> and that's why I'm saying Hey, that someone's got to start the trend. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's right. So, so, you know, within a week, the judge denied our motion. Ugh. And I was shocked. It's, it's just the kind of it's thing. It's a gut that, punch. It's a yeah. real, it, it, it's worse than that. It's like, you know, you, you, my job is to be a lawyer. My job is to tell clients that there's justice. Well, and, and to, to your point, and actually you just kind of said it right there, the entire time you're most likely, you know, maybe you're telling your clients like, look, this just isn't a thing that really would, I, I can't think in my mind, in my legal mind, and in my experience, anything I've ever heard, that this is really going to go through. I just don't think you have anything to worry about. That's right. And, you know, they're yeah. rightfully so taking your advice. That's why they went to you. So I, I can understand how, even though it's nothing within your power, that that still kind of hurts. Not that it hurts your credibility, but it maybe it makes you feel like there was maybe something that could have been done, even though there wasn't. Well, in terms of like your relationship with your client, because you, you you can still maybe even make yourself feel accountable. Yeah. At that point, we'd only had a few days to sure. even process this, and then we got the ruling, and at least we understood why. Yeah. And we were, we weren't going to rush to ask the judge to recuse himself. We wanted to do the research sure. first. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I really didn't think for one minute that the judge was going to rule against us because the law and the facts were so clear. That's really what hurt. Yeah. yeah. Was so evident, it's so evident. You're like, yeah, we're like, we're like, it, it's, it's not that many times like someone's like, yeah, we're not really wrong. And yeah. then for you to be right. And someone's like, yeah, like we already know where it's going. Like, I know where it's going. Like with their buddy, buddy. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck, come on. Well, and then the whole time you could do, like, I would keep going back to. The headline, I'm like, I can't. I just keep seeing the headline in my head. Crazy thing is, how dumb is this? This obviously isn't the like. This isn't like a one time thing though. This is this is a problem with. This is the problem with the system. Oh no! Correct. Correct. It's a problem with the system, and it's a problem with the fact that these judges are hardly accountable, especially if you have a certain last name in Cuyahoga County. I don't really want to get into all that right now, but but yes, of course, of course. I mean, it it, uh, look our elections. And, you know, the name game in Cuyahoga County especially, but just elections in general, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, they're controlled by money. They're not controlled by voters. They're not controlled by informed voters. They're controlled by where's the money, where's the power. Uh, well, I, also, I think it's it's the uh, the apathy and not know. I bet if we, the next 20 people we saw on the street, if we asked them about local elections or how do judges get made, they're not going to know. Sure. No. I, they just, And that's... It's not a knock on anyone. I just don't think that people just really know that. It's a knock. It's a knock on the system. And, and yeah. to that, let me let yeah. me take a little detour to say that Teddy Roosevelt's face is on Mount Rushmore for a reason. And for a good hundred years of, of United States history, from about the late eighteen hundreds to the late nineteen hundreds, it was well understood. 
that if you let corporations have too much power, if you let concentrated wealth concentrate too much, that it would be bad for ordinary people. Yeah. That used to be very well understood, not and to the point where Teddy Roosevelt became a hero. His face is on Mount Rushmore. You have yeah. the trust busters. You have antitrust law. Yeah. Around the '80s, that started going out the window. Yeah, and then it started building. Started building. And now, then it's then it's greed is good and might makes right. And yeah. look where we are now. So you know, I think we need to we need to sort of get back to <laughs> that balance. Get back to that balance. That's right. But but I think it's all related to that. We don't yeah. need to get into all that. Sure. Yeah. So then, at that point, we had to ask the judge to recuse. And I, I was very disappointed to have to do it. I first did it orally uh, because. I'd prefer not to put something like that on the record if I don't have to. And I, More of a- we had a we had a hearing set for a week after he denied the motion, so I just waited for that hearing. I said, Your Honor, we were surprised to see, we were surprised to discover this prior representation. Yeah. We couldn't find a single case in U.S. history where this was found to be appropriate, and we don't think it's appropriate, and we think you should re- recuse. He considered it. Um, we then approached Bobby again. To say, look, before the judge has to go do this, do you want to just settle this case? He basically told us to F off. In fact, he sent me an email in all caps that said, blow me, at some point. So we had to tell the judge, look, your honor, go ahead and tell us what your decision was. And the judge ended up sticking to his guns. And then um, I was preparing an affidavit of disqualification in the Ohio Supreme Court. Because that's your remedy. When a judge will not recuse when he should or she should. Yeah. Um, you have to go to the Ohio Supreme Court, and the Chief Justice decides on whether the judge can continue to preside. I put a lot of work into an affidavit of disqualification. I ended up um, sending a copy of it before I filed it yeah. to Bobby's lawyers. So, do you guys really want me to file this thing mm-hmm. and escalate this even further? This is all so embarrassing. Why are we doing this? I'm, this lawsuit is so stupid. I'm assuming you're like, I'm catching you in the act and you're, you're trying to cover your tracks, but we know what you're doing. And now you've got the judge into this and it looks like you personally brought in yeah. the judge's lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, it, it was so stupid. Yeah. It, also, it seems like a bully tactic. You're yeah. having this conversation where you're like, I didn't think this could get any stupider. Yes. And it's getting <laughs> stupider. <Yeah. laughs> That's right. And I feel like I'm the only one trying to end it. Yeah. And, and you guys want to drag this out more. Uh, yes, exactly. Exactly, and thankfully, at that point, we were able to settle the case. Okay, and I think they really didn't want us to file that with the Supreme Court, and so they settled it before we did. And unfortunately, we have to keep the terms. The one thing we had to give up was that we have to keep the terms of the settlement confidential. Although we we made clear that scene would retain the right to say they did not give up the right to report on any of the parties any of the underlying facts we are simply not allowed to say what the settlement was for so that would include any of the affidavits that you mentioned earlier we are allowed to issue those affidavits okay good yes to know. heck yeah no that's uh we I, th- those affidavits are are still uh, something that scene has every right to report on that freedom oh okay yes good good and you know maybe they will one day <laughs> you know it, it's one of those things that uh and, and again i'm thinking from a are trying to think from the, the the point of view of somebody like Bobby George or as we Robert George as Brian Robert, knows him. Yeah, Robert George. Uh, I, I just and I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm curious your thoughts on this. Is that 
is he so powerful because he's paying you know x amount of dollars for x amount of hours are his lawyers or and, and i'm i'm not accusing him of anything i don't know i'm just curious about do you think the lawyers are just like i mean yeah this is stupid but it's just more hours or you know what I mean by that? Like yeah. I, I guess, and if you don't want to say or, or your opinion, I'm just it, it's fine. It's just again, it's some of it's something that someone on the outside like me, who doesn't really know the way that the process works, would think that your quote unquote expertise, like seeing came to you because of your expertise in these types of issues, yeah. like would the the his lawyer, Bobby George's lawyer, in the same respect, say like, look, man. Dumbest way to say this possible. This is fucking stupid, and it's getting worse. Mm -hmm, like yeah. this is there is no story at the end of this where you come out looking good, and ultimately you're going to pay. Well, obviously, they're not going to say this part. You're going to pay us a lot of money to get nothing done. It, it, it's just it's a strange, or is it, or is it that Bobby George is just a powerful guy that's used to getting his way, like you've said, and he's just like I don't give a shit. Like he reads everything as I'm going to win this because I win everything else. I mean, those are all good questions. Um, Which probably can't even really be answered unless well, we're well, them, you know? Well, I don't know. sure. I, I, you know, look, how many, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, right? I, I think that one answer I can offer for that is that his lawyers, at least the first lawyer that he hired that filed the case, I do think they were looking at that Gawker case. I do think that they were looking at the Hulk Hogan case. And just again, yeah. didn't think it through. Yeah. Um, so, so that's part of it. I don't think Bobby did this just by himself. And, and also, look, Bob, Bobby's a human being too. We're all creatures of our environment. We're all products of our environment. At some level, you know, you talk about uh, how the lessons of Teddy Roosevelt's career have been lost. Bobby's sort of the human, uh, the human manifestation of that on the bad side of it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that ultimately Bobby wants to do well. I do. And, but I think that this, this inequality that we're living under this corporate rule, this, this unaccountable corporatocracy that we're living in yeah. makes monsters out of people that, yeah. that, you know, and, and um, none of us are perfect. And, you know, so, I'll, I, I'll give him that, I guess. Like yeah, He's just yeah. trying to do what he thinks is best, and he fundamentally feels aggrieved when the newspaper is mean to him. But I think that's characteristic of uh, powerful people is that they find that if they can't, if everybody doesn't love them, it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, because right? they, they get the so joke is funny until the joke's on you. Sure, it's so yeah. used to being like, yeah, I'm all, not only am I always right, but have I been so successful at what I do? How I live, yeah, how clearly I do. I know what I'm so doing. Once someone, look how successful once I am. Once something else comes and goes, no, you did that wrong. Then it goes, no, fuck you. Like mentally, that's the process. It's, oh no, it, screw you. No, I'm. It might be. I've been doing this. How I've been living my life. How I've been living my life, and I'm successful at it. You're telling me that I'm wrong. Yeah. When huh? someone tells you like maybe you shouldn't do that, and, and there's there's no like maybe there might not yeah. be even a step back. It's just, again like lifestyle and you know like mild elitism to where it's like. No, I'm gonna defend myself. There's not, there's not a, a step back to be like, whoa, did I do something that was on, like that was wrong, like it's something little. I, like that, I, I think that you're right. I've completely avoid it. I do think, I, I think that that, and that might be a mentality where someone, say, someone on his staff, whether someone below him that works for him, whatever, like maybe like a manager says we shouldn't do that. 
you know, maybe his answer is, oh, we shouldn't do my idea because I own seven restaurants and I live here. So clearly I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, th- that very well might be a mentality. I mean, that, that level of success, uh, ha- like, it's got its pros and cons. For sure. Its pros are a lot. But the cons are, again, like living like a living like a normal person who is up to date on, like, newly formed morals and standards. Of like how to treat people and like what's right and wrong, which changes, you know, not daily, but it changes frequently, you know. Like in the last five years, everything's changed, you know. Question of how much of his success is anything that he earned in the first place. That's sure. also, but very that, true, yeah. that's a whole other thing. I, yeah. I, I think that there's just this desire for anybody that to just be loved. And mm-hmm. then if you're used to having your way in every other aspect of your life and then the newspaper's writing mean things about you, it's the one thing you can't control, so you throw mm-hmm. a tantrum. Uh-huh. And then the tantrum feeds into itself. Turns into this. and yeah. Right, turns into this. And, yeah. and I'll talk a little bit about how this has led into the criminal charges. Um, and I'm actually glad the conversation went this way to get to the end of it. Yeah. Um, but... In the middle of all this, so actually I said we had three affidavits. We actually had four affidavits because at one point during these negotiations, before we had the motion for summary judgment ready that they were terrified for us to file, Bobby's lawyer, the first one, sent me an email to say, oh, there were these protests outside of town hall, and these never happened before scenes article. There, so this just shows all the damage that Cena, oh. that Cena's malicious article has done. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man! <laughs> I just, I was just like, you, like this is just so silly. I'm like, George Floyd was murdered, man. I mean, there are protests everywhere. Yeah, and, and so it was this confluence of <laughs> people. Bl- people are just protesting assume, bad things. To assume it's not the George Floyd, it's the town hall stuff. Yeah, right. it's almost like. Do you really just have no idea what's been going on? Uh, yeah, Cle- yeah Cle- Cleveland scenes are right. Yeah, I, I, it was yeah, just you so guys silly. It off. So, so yeah. after he did that, I was pretty fired up. I found the leader of the protests that were outside of town hall. He was on Facebook. He had posted in at least one of the community groups that I'm a member of, and so I sent him a message. I'm like, hey, I just got this silly message from Bobby George's lawyer. Um, he's saying that you're you're organizing these protests because of cleveland scenes uh one hour long error that ryan hartzell told a black girl to go back to the country he came from he said i don't know anything about that man (laughs) we're protesting them because of x y and z and racism and misogyny and this and that who the fuck is ryan hartzell yeah (laughs) right so I said, well, would you mind signing an affidavit? He's like, I don't care. He's like, I'll be working here tomorrow, da 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 if you want to come up and meet me. So I typed off an affidavit. I said, this this is based on our conversation. He said, yeah, that's 100% true. I'd be glad to sign that. So he signed that, and uh, his name was Josiah Douglas. Yeah. And, you know, he <laughs> within I'm, – I'm, I don't want to get the dates wrong – but within a few weeks or months, within a few weeks, yeah, uh, Bobby Bobby had his cousin file for a civil protection order against him no. based on the third protest. And what what does that entail? A, a civil protection order is basically um, means that you can't come within 500 feet. Okay. You, you tell the court that this person is uh, causing me to fear for my safety. 
and therefore you need to keep this person away from me. It's typically in domestic violence situations or situations where real harm is at issue, but here they're using it against a protester. Yeah. Uh, and basically uh. he ended up being pro- being prosecuted as a felon for felony assault with a megaphone out of this... Out of this... Uh, and, and we do think it was because, in part, because he gave the affidavit. That, okay, yeah. That Bobby and his yeah. cousin were trying to silence him. We also think they were just trying to get these protesters away from their business. It, it's the same thing as earlier with the... It's a scare attack. If, if maybe some of these younger kids... I'm sure they were a little bit younger. Younger kids uh, find out that Town Hall is suing or be or charging these people with felonies they're gonna be like look it's bad but I, i'm a kid i can't I, I can't go there and get charged with a felony right so yeah. a way to scare people away from doing that right well all the easier if they're just they're doing it against the leader of this group sure and what oh, was the yeah, mega, what yeah. was the megaphone it was he was just telling them the megaphone hey don't come to town hall or something like that they were standing outside protesting yeah. i mean it's a protest you yeah. know this place is this place employs misogynistic uh misogynistic employment practices, racism, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, they, they, they um, and I don't want to butcher exactly what they said they were protesting, but they typed up a statement and he put it in his affidavit. This yeah. is why we were there. Yeah. It had nothing to do with Cleveland Scene's article. No. So, you know. It, this, it, was, it was just someone that makes a mistake and then they just start. It's, it's kind of like a, like a, I'm not saying, like, it's like a liar. So, like, you know, like someone that, uh, I forget, some form of liar. You know when someone lies Compulsive. so much? Compulsive, Compulsive lying. Yeah. I'm not saying he's compulsive lying or anything, but it's very similar to when someone throws one lie out, and then they forget there's they forget they lied, so they just keep throwing other lies to back their lies up, and they forget the lies they backed up. It's hard to keep and the story just, straight. And then it's just yeah. chaos, and then everyone's like, "Dude, you're fucking lying." <laughs> like it's it sounds like again, I'm not saying he's a liar, but I mean, like the, oh, those they're are they're lying here when when Bobby George says that his cousin's eardrum was damaged by a megaphone. Hundred percent. Yes. I mean, which they, is they, a they, weird they're, lie. They're just lying. Yeah. Which is a weird lie because that's something that can be easily proven or disproven. So here's what, yeah, totally. well, of course, but it's not so easy because here's the problem is that this whole prosecution was started because this lady told the police like, oh, my, my eardrum was damaged. Uh, my, my hearing was damaged. If you go to the doctor and tell them that your hearing was damaged, they're not typically going to do the work that it takes to assess whether there's actual hearing damage all they're going to do is they're going to put you on the machine that plays the little beeps hey, how can, yeah. you hear this? Can, can you hear this and it's just a matter like of an eye exam can you see jay right. <laughs> no can't see it whoops right nope. oh yep so, yeah, yeah, so my that's ears. the only evidence that this lady's hearing has been damaged so <laughs> that doctor's like Looks like a megaphone perforated drum for uh-huh. sure. Yeah. It's got to be from that article. Clearly. that's It all stemmed from that. I've seen this from several megaphones. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, they never got the type of expert analysis that would be required to show objective proof. This is just completely subjective. But here's what's so interesting. It could be torn so, apart by an actual expert. The bare minimum. So eventually yeah. felony charges were filed. Uh, as a result of Bobby's efforts to not only punish this witness who gave an affidavit against him in the scene lawsuit, but also just to keep these protesters away from his business. And this was July 12th was the date of the third protest where the, the so-called assault happened. This was a beautiful day. Uh, you know, I can understand they don't want these protesters there yelling with megaphones at their at their uh, patio. That's understandable. Yeah, sure. not yeah. great for their business. I understand that. There's also a right to protest. So yeah. we as civilization, we as a civilization try to reconcile those two. Sure. Uh, 
the way you certainly do not reconcile that is by prosecuting the protesters for a felony months after the yeah. fact. By the Finding way. loopholes in the law to get people to stop doing what they're doing when it's peaceful. I mean, not even loopholes. It's 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 basically trying to use the law incorrectly to get what you want. Yeah. Which is just it's it's bonkers. Well, I mean, like you loopholes, know, like oh yeah, like the ear, yeah, her ear, her, yep, that, yeah. like like. Uh, do you well, think like th- th- this protest happened in July? Yeah, the charges were filed when January. Now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna need to go look. So yeah. you know there were this this protest was swamped with police officers. Yeah, they didn't see anything. <laughs> yeah, so, who would have thought? You know, like you thought mean, they would have stepped in if some wrongdoing. So this happened. Yeah. yeah, the protest happened in July. The charges were not brought until. January, late January of 2021. So six months after the fact, they finally drummed it up. And one thing that's that's especially funny about this is that two protesters got got indicted. And the one that gave us an affidavit, the young black man Josiah Douglas, he uh, he hardly used the megaphone. So in order to make this work, they had to indict someone else. Uh, her name is Sydney, mm-hmm. who she was actually using the megaphone. She was making more use of it and really just playing a siren that was a function on the megaphone. This was a megaphone yeah. she ordered on Amazon. This wasn't anything special. Yeah. There were dozens of people there. Nobody else was claiming hearing loss. She didn't get within three feet of this lady, Bobby's cousin, who, by the way, claimed that she had been threatened at the previous protest by Josiah. Yeah. Yet, if she was so threatened, why is she... Literally standing there at the door for this. But she's third close protest. enough to be yeah. affected. By Not the only close yeah. enough, she's the person who is the town hall employee that is yeah. the closest to the protesters. She yeah. was literally assigned to manage the protesters. So after the fact, she's saying that she she was threatened and she was assaulted. Well, uh, after they brought these charges, we of course we issued press releases to say this is one of the most absurd prosecutions we've ever seen. Michael Malley, the Cuyahoga County prosecutor, who should really truly be ashamed that he brought brought charges in the first place. But, you know, Bobby George has given a lot of money to Michael Malley. Yeah. Bobby George has hosted fundraisers for Michael Malley at Barley House. It's a political guess, thing. Of course it's political. And, and you know, his Again. father, <laughs> God, knows, God knows how much dark money Bobby's father has given to Michael Malley. And, yeah. you know, there's probably no real way to calculate that because that's just the way the laws are now in America, which should really bother everybody. But, yeah. but so to, to O'Malley's credit, he did end up dropping the charges against Josiah. And what's especially funny about that is that Cleveland Scene called Bobby after the charges were brought. And Bobby said to Cleveland Scene, and this is you can read it in the story about the charges being brought. Bobby says, well, Josiah's a really bad guy. He's the, he's the real bad guy here. So I feel bad. He says something like, I feel bad that Sydney got charged. She's not, she, I don't think she really did anything. He said something like that. And then, those aren't his exact words. But Josiah's a really bad guy, and he's the one that should get charged. Well, that's a paraphrase. Like, it's, that's a, yeah. Right. Well, you know what? I can just pull it up. I might as well while we're here. Wait, so, so you're saying that not only did this start, not only did this start with, them telling a Ukrainian immigrant to go back where he came from. Then it's ending in uh, blaming a young, a young black kid with fucking just blaming him. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, for protesting. 
So wow. here's 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 Bobby's comment. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, okay. Bobby George, the town hall owner, told Scene that he was, quote, happy and proud, end quote, that justice had been served in the form of the indictments. He said he didn't know details about Sydney, the 21-year-old woman from Willoughby, and felt bad about the indictment in her case, but still felt that justice was done. As for Josiah Douglas, George referred to him as a, quote, terrible human being and said that in addition to using the megaphone, Douglas had threatened him by announcing his home address and making hand gestures that resembled a gun. George was not at the July 12th event, but had been present at previous uh, With Peace We Protest, that's the name of the group, demonstrations. He said that he supported a peaceful protest, but that in his mind the demonstration on July 12th crossed the line into physical harm. This is a bad guy, George said of Douglas, but I do believe in second chances, so I hope he learns his lesson. Boy, thanks, Bobby. What so a nice it's really guy. funny yeah. that, that Josiah, the real bad guy, the prosecutor ended up uh, you know, letting off the hook. Yeah. And wow. so this this young lady now from Willoughby, twenty one year old, who's trying to help her black friends, trying to join them, trying to speak out, yeah. is now still facing felony charges. So uh, maybe I can come back shortly and we can talk about that, hopefully, Absolutely. when this is all done. I would definitely like to do that. This is f- fascinating for a couple yeah. of reasons. It's fascinating to kind of see what it's like on your side. Because because w- we just get snippets of this. Um, snippets, good or bad, however, we're... I don't want to say that we're getting an incomplete story because I don't think that's accurate. We're getting the story that I think is readily available to us, which is kind of similar to the, 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 the scene... Um, uh, storyline. You mean the, from the press? Yes. You're getting an incomplete story. Of course, you're getting yes. an incomplete story. Well, yeah. I mean, in terms of like, uh, like, uh, you're even getting an incomplete story from me <laughs> because my clients still have charges pending. Well, and yeah. to be right? and, and, I mean, and it's it's, yes. it's it's worth mentioning, and, and we did talk about this a little bit before, and in my messages to you before we actually scheduled this was, I know you're not going to be able to tell us everything because things are still. Pending. At you can the, at only tell point. us what you. You can, can only tell, tell us, us what you can tell us, like things that have kind of ended and been concluded. I completely understand that. Um, I do want to talk about more when this hopefully is concluded quickly. That's right. And in, in the near future, because the, the it is. It's fascinating. It's fascinating to see what this is like, just from a step by step process, because this adds another level of. Not a level, another level of complexity. It adds another level of, in a way, stupidity to see from your point of view where you're like, no, why, why would you file? This makes no, this makes you look worse. Absurdity. This is getting, yeah. this is getting worse for it's you. It's not stupidity. It's absurdity. Absurdity. Yeah. It's absurdity. That is a better word. And you see, you see the different worlds, not just different worlds, the different universes that, yeah. that certain people are living uh-huh. in. Yes. Right. And he and is and living in a different and it's world. Not, and it's not just that they have money and power it's that the system is built to allow them to uh-huh. and incentivize them and they, if not allow them at least in and, and god god hope that it ultimately the system says hey this shows exactly what's wrong and exactly yeah. what we need to to protect probably, against but but the, the the fact that this has even gotten as far as it yeah. has right the fact that he can go get the judge's former DUI lawyer, and even make the mess that he did with that 
is just really something. See, like no one knows that. Like no, no one, no, no one, no. It's true. No one knows that. It's true, and it's probably yeah. <laughs> available to be known, but no one knows that for well, control. Well, we you know, we, it's, we it's, actually kept we we actually this is a pretty uh, this is a guiltless podcast exclusive on that on crazy. that particular aspect. Yeah. So well, the, well, well like you said, you're like this is not something I want to publicize. Just yeah. take yourself out of this. It's the right thing to do. I don't want to file a motion right. and make this a bigger deal than it has to. And how does, but but to get to the same point, how the hell does the prosecutor end up bringing charges here, yeah. right? It just goes to show how much influence donors have. Yeah. And, and, it's, and, not and, only and, and this, again, we can't general. even tell. And we can't even tell. With dark money groups and the way a guy like Tony George, Bobby's father, operates, well, yeah. who really knows how much money is getting funneled to Michael Malley and the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party. And these are Democrats. Yeah. These are the judge. The judge. <laughs> I mean, that's what. That's these what are the really, quote unquote people of the people. Yeah. You know, these, are the, yeah. these are the Democrats, for yeah. God's sake. So, guys, no. <laughs> thanks for having me on. Oh no, for sure. Yeah, this is very. I, I, this is very oh, educational. This is, and yeah, eye, this eye is eye opening. This is eye opening on 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 several several levels. I'm really really glad you came to. Again, I, we we're always excited to have guests. I've been kind of pretty pumped about this for yeah. the last like two weeks after we kind of confirmed everything because. Not that I thought that you were going to, even though you did, <laughs> like tell us things that we didn't know. I was expecting that. It's just, and I'm still blown away. I was expecting to hear things that I was going to be hard for me to believe about the way this process works. And I was expecting that. And I'm still kind of taken aback by some of the things you find out. Like, I can't believe that happened. Like, even like the, the judge and lawyer thing is the hardest thing for me because even I know I'm not in that realm and I know that's a conflict of interest and they shouldn't be allowed to. Yeah. So, why, the, like, the audacity of both parties deciding, yeah, but we can do it. You know, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Who cares? It's us. Because we're protecting each other. That's why. But, but if no, you protect each other, yeah, only that's in different. Cleveland. That's actually in my letter to the judge. I said, I, I would encourage you that this is an only in Cleveland story that we should make every effort to avoid. Yeah. Oh, so, God. well, you know what, guys? There's I, I'll be glad to come back on hopefully Absolutely. when this, yes. when this, when this concludes. Yeah. There's a lot of other interesting stuff going on, so maybe we can make this a regular thing. I would enjoy Dude, the hell hey, out of yeah. it. Absolutely. I like this stuff a lot. Let's, I would we would definitely do it. I definitely want to have you on to kind of when this yeah. is concluded. But we should get going because I have a six o'clock res at Town Hall. Yeah, and I got to so go. <laughs> I'm sorry. The avocado toast is to die for. Yeah. <laughs> you stop well, eating you, meat. Well, you've got to get your uh, you got to get immunized with that bone broth. Yeah, <laughs> for, your own, for your own health. By the way, can I just say real quick that, uh, like, yeah, I love talking. I love talking. I got a couple words in today, but <laughs> I the getting like just listening and like taking things in that are like like a good understanding to have. I appreciated it. I do too. It was worth it. Thanks, guys. And in case anybody, in case anyone needs your services, where can they find you? Patakos Law, PatakosLaw.com. Check it out. Uh, Peter at Patakos Law. Awesome. Hell yeah. I'm real easy to find. P A T T A K O S. Well, everyone already knows a lot about it. Now they know even more. Again, but it was great seeing you, man. I'm so glad you came up. Yeah, thanks, Petey. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.